What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. So, this will be coming out tomorrow morning, Monday morning, the 20th, for most people. And uh, the next couple videos after that are probably going to be cameraless. I know, you're heartbroken. I can tell. Anyway, uh, I'll be on the road. We've got a, we got a funeral in Virginia to go to. Uh, so I'll be in hotels and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, um, yeah, I still want to record because I'm trying to get back on a schedule, but my poor old laptop just cannot handle editing the picture files, the audio and the video. I mean, I might try it, but most of the time, uh, more often than not, it just bogs right down when the video is involved too. So we'll see how it goes and, uh, play it by ear. All right, guys, let's get into the stories. Listen, mate, there's smoke coming out of it, and I don't think a driver update will fix this. Years ago, I was working as an in-store tech for a big electronics retailer in the UK. As well as dealing with customer tech queries, I was given the job of reporting any issues with company IT equipment to our IT contractors. One day, one of the sales staff came over to the tech desk looking worried. Sales, can you come and have a look at this receipt printer, please? It's got smoke coming out of it. Me. Oh, wow. Okay, did you turn it off? Sales. I didn't want to touch it. It looked angry. I went over to the till, and sure enough, there was a receipt printer with smoke pouring out through the gaps in the case. I yanked out the power and opened the lid to see what was going on. It looked like the thermal head had somehow gotten stuck on, as it had set the till roll away smoldering. I took the printer out the back of the store, put it on the floor of the warehouse, and called facilities to report the incident. Facilities had a good laugh at the situation and put me through to IT so I could order a new printer. The agent I got through to must have either been brand new or dumb as a box of rocks. The conversation went something like this. Level 1 Tech. Thank you for calling IT. How can I help you today? Me. Hi, we've got a receipt printer here that's malfunctioning. It's overheated or something because it set a till roll on fire. L1. Okay, are you at the effective workstation now? Me. No, I've taken the printer into the back because it was making the sales floor smell. Level 1. Okay, please, can you return to the workstation so we can run some diagnostic checks? <laughs> Me. Well, I can, but there's nothing to diagnose there. The printer's with me here. Level 1. Please, can you take the printer back to the workstation and reconnect it so that we can run our diagnostic checks? Me. I'm sorry, but I can't plug this printer back in. I'm worried that it might catch fire again. Level 1. I need to check that the correct drivers are installed, and if necessary, install the latest drivers for this printer. Me. Listen, mate, there's smoke coming out of it. I don't think a driver update's going to fix this. It was literally on fire 15 minutes ago. I understand that you have a script to follow, but this printer is toast. L1. If you're unwilling to go through the diagnostics with me, then I'll have to report this call to my supervisor and your manager will be informed. Me. Okay, fine. Let's do the diagnostics then. I spent the next 20 minutes pretending to go through the diagnostics with him, giving him the answers that would guarantee an escalation. After 20 minutes, he agreed that it was likely a hardware issue, and the tech would be dispatched with a new printer. Me. Just one thing before I go. Can you send me a copy of the recording of this call? That way, when my manager asks why it took so long to report a burned-out printer, I'll have the answer. My manager was a good sport about it. We had a good laugh listening to the call when it came through. Sure, driver updates always fix an electronic fire. Why not? Like OP said, I know there's a script to follow, but at the same time, that kind of goes above and beyond what the normal diagnostics would be following the script. If you can't handle it and you're not allowed to go off script, you can at least push it through to somebody that's higher level or management or something. Just weird, man. 
That time I dosed my own office. Hmm. Denial of service, I'm guessing. I used to work for an internet service provider as a network engineer. I was working a ticket for a business customer that was complaining about internet connectivity and speed issues on their 10G service. We had tried several things that usually worked in the past, but they didn't fix the issue. Eventually, I set up a port mirror to duplicate their traffic and send it to a Wireshark server in our office to analyze their traffic and try to locate the issue. After I entered the commands to set up the port mirror, the terminal became very, very slow to respond. While I pondered on what might be going on, I started to hear chatter in the halls about people losing their internet connection. Thankfully, it only took me a few more seconds to realize what I had done. Our office was a satellite office, so it only had a 1G uplink to the network. And I was trying to cram potentially 10 gigs of data down a 1G pipe. I was still connected to the router performing the port mirror, so I sent the commands to shut it off. Sweating the whole time, hoping it was just being slow and I wouldn't get disconnected by my own denial of service. Eventually, the commands went through and service was instantly restored. The knock and I had a good laugh after I explained what I had done. It's funny, all these years, and I don't know that I've ever seen firsthand the results of a denial of service attack or anything like that. I mean, I imagine everything just lags out on the users and there's really nothing else to see. Everything just lags until it just stops responding, I guess. It's funny that you did it to yourself. We can't help you past your own organization's firewall. My role has shifted heavily away from the support department as of late, but I do have to take the odd support call every now and then, which I've come to absolutely despise. People in other departments know me as someone they can escalate tickets to, which honestly pisses me off because not only do I barely do support anymore, I hate it when I do have to do it. But I've been with the company the longest out of my current department and the support team, so it's only natural. In December, a customer reported their organization's firewall was blocking access to our web software. The agent told her to report this to her IT and that we could assist if necessary, but it was her IT's prerogative to allow our software past their firewall. She said okay. The ticket was closed and she gave us a 5 star rating. It's all documented in the email chain. Job done, for now. Fast forward to yesterday, two months later, one of the account managers escalates her email to me. Basically, she hadn't used our equipment since December and was refusing to pay the fees for them because she couldn't use them. I asked her if she had ever got up with IT and she said no, and then said that we were supposed to contact their IT. What the hell? I told her I could see in the email chain that we explicitly instructed her to contact her IT and that she agreed to do so. All she said back was, well, your support for this equipment and I need support with this equipment, so provide the support. Nothing I said could get this woman to understand. She's demanding to be refunded three months of invoices because she made the deliberate decision to ignore what we told her. And now I'm having to schedule a call with her IT just to tell them that it's their firewall because this lady refuses to contact her IT herself. Absolutely ridiculous. I truly hate the support department. Decided she had to go out in the middle of that. Alright. I love it when people get explicit instructions on how to do something or that they need to do it. And they say, yeah, 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 I got it, I got it. And then they never revisit it. They just wait and wait and wait. They expect you to do the work. They expect to be re reimbursed or whatever, even though it's their fault. That's like never changing the oil in your car and then blaming the dealership or the manufacturer because your car blew up. And now you expect them to replace it. You're supposed to take your car in for an oil change. Not them. How I accidentally found a malicious data breach. So I'll be making things a tad vague here and changing names around as this happened relatively recently. The company I work for has various divisions around the world with several different email domains. But all of the IT department members are located in one regional area. 
So let's say there's a Disney.com, Disneyland.com, Disneyworld.com, DisneyTokyo.com. All of us have to remotely support, even if we all live in California, so to speak. I mainly work out of the Disneyland branch, but I have a Disney.com account, as that's our main company account, and I need to have that authority to assist all the other sites. Or it's just for bookkeeping purposes. Who knows? So with that preamble out of the way, let's get to the story. I come into the Disneyland office on Saturday, as despite everyone else on the Disney.com domain is off for the weekend, I got to look after Disneyland as it's our moneymaker location. Checking my email, I see no new tickets, and the last email was before midnight. I don't think too much on it, as weekends can occasionally be quiet, and I'm sure it'll pick up later. It gives me the excuse to get caught up on projects. My first inkling that something is off is that I try and send an email from my phone with some pictures I took for notes on a record updating matter, but I didn't think much of it as Gmail and attachments is often a pill. Things do get weirder as walking around, people mention tickets I haven't seen, but I figure maybe they were sent while I was walking around working on the projects, but I am starting to get suspicious. Things really come to a head as I have to fix a major issue with one of our vendors and their confirmation emails never come through. So once the fires are put out, I try and test sending emails to myself. No luck. Tried checking my 365 settings to see if anything was not checkmarked or recently changed. Nope. So I get on the horn to our 365 support representative and they try and do some digging. But at this point of the day, there's not much they can do. So it'll have to wait until tomorrow. Come in on Sunday and first things first, call up the 365 team and try to figure out what's happened to my email. Well, they take about an hour to do some digging with their tier 2 staff and they found the issue. Someone had changed the MX record. It's at this point I have an oh shit moment as I realize that all the users in the main HQ email domain aren't getting emails. It's not just me. These are the people who control the finances of the company. The only reason no one else has said anything is they're all off for the weekend while I sit in a basement office with a carpet probably last changed in the 70s. Thankfully I get the new MX record from 365 and get a hold of the company it's owned by. With a bit of digging with a lovely support agent, I learned that the MX record changed late Friday roughly around midnight, so that would match up with the last email I got. And who should change it but our CEO, Michael Eisner. Damn it, should have known. He likes to stick his nose in random matters of the company. It's definitely him, as the IMX company has personal records and bank statements to confirm it's him. Well, I can't change it back, as I don't have those pieces of info, and if the lowest person in the IT totem pole does, then our data security is garbage. I alert the rest of the IT team, as this is an all-hands-on-deck situation. Emails that go to the highest tier of our company aren't coming through. Our team looks into it, and it turns out that what the MX record rep said wasn't quite accurate, as our CEO never made these changes. Someone, somehow, got a hold of personal details and bank details to fake being him and make the change. It took several days to confirm what happened and fully fix things. But because I was paying attention, I prevented the malicious individual access to our company's incoming emails for likely 30 plus hours before everyone else would have noticed on Monday and to no one's shock as the IT person who found this. Never thanked by anyone from head office, of course. It's nice to get an attaboy once in a while, but you really can't expect it. As long as you get your paycheck every week and whatever was agreed to for your contract, then uh, that's about all you can hope for. Although I will say, it seems like somebody would have caught this a little bit sooner. I know a lot of people were off for the weekend, but it can't be only one IT person for that entire company working over the weekend. I don't know. Something just seems off, but what do I know? I'm just a... Lowly Carpenter. Today's Murphy Repairs. Customer 1 brings in a basic, low-end PC laptop. Basically a tablet motherboard in a box with a keyboard and trackpad. Very low-end. Saying, my battery life sucks, my trackpad doesn't work, and now it's not even powering on. 
Take the unit out back, verify the issue, then meter out the adapter brick. If it gets any voltage at all, it's maybe 2 volts. Machine needs 19 to run. Then I noticed the cut. Almost a bite, really. In the middle of the power cord. Kind of like that of a cat. A rather jealous cat that wants all the attention the customer is paying to her laptop. Yep, that'll do it. Call the customer and leave a message. Then grab my universal adapter only to find it's burnt out. And the replacement hasn't arrived yet. Thanks a lot, Murphy. Oh well, I expect this unit to boot fine with the universal adapter once it arrives. Aside from being a cheap throwaway box, there doesn't seem to be anything wrong with it visually. Customer 2 brings in a smartphone with a screen protector installed and a basic three-layer case. The screen protector, a tad undersized, is undamaged. But the screen is cracked because it landed at just the right, or wrong, angle to have something strike the screen precisely in an area not covered by the screen protector. One new screen later, I recommend they purchase a screen protector that fully covers the screen and a non-knockoff multi-layer case to protect the repaired phone. Customer 3, another smartphone, but this one has a battery that has swelled so much it dislodged the third-party replacement screen. Because the adhesive gasket was not installed, in this particular case it allowed the screen to pop up and minimize pressure on the swelled battery without breaking the screen or causing the magic smoke to escape from the battery. Yep, that Murphy, what a royal pain in the rear. It's funny, I've got this phone here, and I'm about to jinx myself, except I don't believe in jinxes, so whatever. It's a Galaxy S21 Plus. Very basic case, nothing protecting the cameras here. You know, it's good for edge falls and stuff like that. The screen is recessed, but there's no other screen protector, so uh, if I drop this wrong, it's going bye-bye. But the good news is, I think it's about two years old now, and uh, so far... So far, so good. But my luck doesn't usually run that way with everything. We'll see. I uh, Today, I was working on... I have an old hunting rifle that's a semi-automatic rifle. And uh, it, it's known as a Jam-O-Matic. If, if you care for these type of things and you want to look it up, it's a Remington 742 Woodsmaster in .30-06. And uh, it's for harvesting deer and things like that. It, there's a softer metal in the receiver. And when the bolt cycles back and forth it tends to chatter and make marks and jam itself up after a while and uh, that's why it's nicknamed the jamomatic and uh well i stopped using it it's my dad's old rifle i don't want to get rid of it i don't like wall hangers either i'd really like to be able to use it so i've been studying for the last few years and avoiding the whole debacle but Today I went out and I took the set screw out of the gas block on the bottom. If you know anything about semi-autos, this one is gas charged. So when you fire around through the barrel, gas follows the round, goes down through a little port in the barrel, and then drives the spring back so that it can eject the spent round and put the new one into the chamber. So uh, there's a ball bearing and a set screw in the gas block right under the barrel. So I take the set screw out, the ball bearing out, I get a longer set screw, and I machine the end into a cone shape, almost like a dull pencil. And then I drive that in so that it blocks that hole. So now you squeeze the trigger, around fires, but nothing else happens. The action doesn't cycle and all that. I have to pull it, just like a bolt action or a pump shotgun, things like that. And uh, so I have the parts in. Now I just need to get down to the range and do the old, you tie it down to the bench and uh, take a long maybe 50 foot string and stand back behind a tree and pull the trigger to see if it uh, see if it fires right it's gonna be fun maybe I'll film that you've been listening to story time with Uncle Reddit 
If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.